Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is Gospel Message Week 92. Topic is, You Shall Be My Witness. It is taken from Act 1, 7-8, King James Version, and it reads, And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father had put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Brothers and sisters, if you are a Christian, I guess that's what I'm calling you brothers. If you are a Christian, you have a testimony about Jesus. Everyone have a witness. It is the very essence of who we are as Christians. As powerful as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is, as mighty as He is, as great as He is, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipotent, omnipresent God, there is one thing He could never ever be able to do. There's one thing He can never do. Ha! I got your attention, right? Do you know what that is? I'll tell you. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ could never testify that he was a sinner and now he's saved by the power of our Lord. He can never ever say that. And ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, because he cannot do that, because he can never testify that, he needs us, his children, to witness, testify about what he has done for us, for you and I. We were commissioned. We have been commissioned by the Lord according to Acts 1, 7 to 8. We are commissioned to do this. Every one of us have a story to tell and only you could tell your story. There is someone, somewhere, someplace who needs to hear your story. You see, witnessing is personal. Witnesses bear testimony about what they know. In this case, it is who they know. Let me give you a brief witness for my about about what happened to me. <clears throat> See, I was raised Methodist Christian, but I didn't work hard at it. I married a Muslim and was to become one. I fast forward, we had kids, we stopped going to mosque or church, and the Lord let the enemy have his way with us. In the process of us looking for help, I happened to speak to one of my old college mate who was a Muslim and now she had converted to Christianity. My friend told me about her experience with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and that rose a religious jealousy in me. We see the Bible says, says that will happen in Romans 11, 11. It reads, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Brethren, this is exactly what happened to me. My friend in this case was, in my opinion, the Gentile because she was Muslim who converted to Christianity and I, the spiritual Jew. My friend told me, of how she was going into trances, she was having visions, you know, getting messages and stuff. 
I believe every word that she said. I hang on her every word. I wanted it. I want what she was experiencing. I want that relationship with God. I couldn't understand how my friend, being a Muslim, who just converted to Christianity, is experiencing all this. And I was raised, raised a Methodist from when I could remember. And now I wasn't experiencing this. I wanted, I was jealous. So you know what I did? I asked her, how can I get to where you are? How can I have a relationship like you have with God? And she said, it's simple. Read the Bible. But I'm telling you, she was so concerned for me. And she said to me, you could start from the smaller books. So I started in the New Testament. It didn't make sense to me. So I decided to, to go back and start from the book of the beginning. Brothers and sisters, since I started over decades ago, I have not stopped reading the Bible. And in that process, I experienced a new birth. I was born again. All this happened because my friend testified about her experience. She witnessed to me what she was experiencing with her Savior. The Bible is filled with so many people giving their witnesses about God and, and people coming to God. The one that everybody knows about is the woman at the well in John 4, 28 to 30. King James Version. Let me read this. The woman then left. It says the, the woman left, went to the, to, the, to, the, to the well, and the Lord Jesus met her there, and he asked her for water. Words were exchanged. They talked back and forth. You know, he revealed himself to her. She found out who was. She found out who she was too, because he told her, the, the, the man that you're with is not your husband. Okay, the Bible tells us that the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. That was verse, verse 30 that I read. Okay, now you go down to 39. It says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testify, he told me all that I ever did. Samira believed on Jesus because the woman has the gut to tell them her experience with her maker. See, if you're a Christian, the Lord had given you the Holy Spirit to help you accomplish this great commission. John 15, 26 says, When the helper comes, whom? I will send you who I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father. He will bear witness of me. He will not do it for you, brothers and sisters. He will not witness for you, because he is the Helper. He will help you when you start to witness. He will help you. Okay. Jesus said it was better for me to go, so he could send the Holy Spirit who is just like him, to help us. Jesus in human form could only be in one place at a time. He was limited. But by the Holy Spirit, he could be everywhere at the same time. So Jesus is in us to help us navigate this earth. The Holy Spirit will help us accomplish this great commission. 
Now, another example that comes to mind is uh, in the book of Acts. You know, Acts 2, it was after the Pentecost, right? The apostles were there, the, the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost fall upon them, and they were prophesying, talking in tongues, you know, are speaking in supernatural languages. And the people heard them. They understand them. And they started making fun of them. They were teasing them, oh, these people are drunk. And the Bible says in Acts 2.24, uh, King James, which read, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lift up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. When he said hearken to my words, he started to tell them, from when Jesus came to this earth, how he walked, what he did, and how the Jews killed him. How the Jews decided that they wanted a sinner in place of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They explained everything and told them how through salvation, through him salvation come to men. So we go down to verse 37, it says, Now when they heard this, what did they hear? testimony, the witness of Peter telling them about his experience, telling them what he saw Jesus do, telling them the purpose of Jesus, telling them how they're going to get salvation. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now you go down to verse 41, it says, then they that gladly received his words were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Did you hear that? 3,000 souls. Brothers and sisters, 3,000 souls were saved that day because Peter had the nerve to tell them about his experience with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, the, the, the Bible verse that I read earlier in the beginning which is uh, Acts 2, 8. Jesus talks about going to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ultimate part of the earth. You might ask, where is Jerusalem? I live in Africa. I live in, 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 in the U.S., in, in Virginia, in Maryland, wherever you are. Where is Judea? Where is Samaria? Well, let me tell you. They are your workplace, your shopping center, the prison, the hospital. See, we have this tendency to keep preaching to each other in church. You know, the saying goes, we keep preaching to the choir, witnessing to each other in church, even though there is nothing wrong with that. But what about the lost souls that God had put in our path? The ones that are in the street, what about them? They need to hear the word too. We keep talking to each other, witnessing to each other, and nobody's going. They will not come if they don't hear. He said, who's going to tell them unless they are sent? If we don't go and tell them, how are they going to hear? So somebody needs to go, you know. And we, in our working place, we are placed in those jobs on purpose. It is not by accident that we're working where we're working. God in his infinite mercy strategically placed us there so that we could tell people about Jesus. So they could see him in us. So they could see him in our actions and non-action. How many of us think that because we are Christians, we're better than, than other people? I've seen Christians act like that, turn their nose up at other people. 
I've seen it. Even when we have people come in the church to beg, I've seen people turn their nose at them because they come into the church. Listen, the church is not a museum for saints, but it is a hospital for sinners. Just because you're a Christian doesn't make you mighty and holy. Okay? This hypocrisy is what puts people off. When we are so hypocrite, we think we are better, you know, and Sunday we look all nice, and then when we leave the church, we are somebody else. The church is a hospital for sinners. Listen, we shouldn't use our Christianity to look down or judge people. We should love them enough to witness to them so they could be saved. Love them in their state. Jesus said, come as you are. Love them the way they are. And testify about the goodness of God to them just like my friend did, so they could come to God. I read uh, somewhere, I think it was in the internet, right, that there are some people who lost faith in Christianity because they were stranded, right? It was a heavy downpour, and they did not want to risk riding their bikes down a steep hill. So they decided to catch a ride. And a Christian stopped, stopped by and asked if everything was okay. And they told him, you know, that they needed a ride. And he said, Oh, I would have loved to help you, but I have to go to church. Later, a wagon filled with Mexican family picked them up. Imagine that. What was more better? That, was it any more better that this man to have helped those people than to tell them that, oh, I have to go to church? That man's witness helped those people fall out of Christianity. And, and you know what? This story reminds me of the, uh, go, the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10. See, that was not witnessing for God at all. Those people were put off by that man's God. They said they were put off by Christianity. They fall out of Christianity because a Christian came when they were stranded and said, ask them. He asked them, what is wrong? And they tell him, oh, I love to help, but I have to go to church. Can you believe that? See, we are disciples to be witness for Jesus. Okay? We are disciples to be witnesses for Jesus. Witnessing is not what we do. It is who we are. Our witness is to bring people to the Lord, not turn them away, as in the story that I just told you of. Just like Paul, who said in 1 Corinthians 9, that he did everything for the sake of salvation of others brothers and sisters we too should live our lives as personal witnesses for christ his resurrection and everything else that he did and everything that he continued to do in our life another example i have of our witnessing is um in the books of act again this 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 witnessing at least to me it tells a witness to God by their action, right? They, it was by their action that they witnessed. So let me read it to you. Acts 16. You remember when Paul and Silas were thrown in jail, right? The Bible said in verse 25 to 31, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison we are shaking and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison 
waking out of his sleep and seeing the prison door open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sars, what must I do to be saved? Just like I asked my friend, how can I have what you have? How can I be saved? How can I experience what you're experiencing? This jailer asked Paul and Silas, Sars, what must I do to be saved? And Paul replied, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. The Bible states that the jailer and his whole house were saved because their praises opened all the doors, and when the prison doors were opened, Paul and Silas did not run out or encourage the other prisoners to run. That really impressed the jailer and wanted Paul and Silas is God. You were in prison. You were locked up and now a door is open. Your instinct could have said, let me get out of here. But these men of God, these men of God did not do that. They sent of God. They sat there. The other prisoners did not move. The jailer was saved because of their action. So my question, brothers and sisters, what is your story today? What witness do you have about Jesus that someone needs to hear to be saved? I want us to think about that. Let me pray. Jehovah, Jesus Christ, Holy Michael, Lord, I pray for the people who will who we will come in contact with, that the Holy Spirit empowered us like he did disciples to witness for you. And please, Lord, touch the ones who will hear our witnesses to get hungry like I was hunger, hunger for you. Let them get hungry and come to you and be saved. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.